Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hey Mets fans, welcome back to Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Chris. And Chris, we are not even 12 hours removed from the Mets sweeping the Yankees in the first half of the Subway Series. Now, granted, it's two games. Uh, calling it a sweep is maybe a bit of a stretch, but it was two very exciting games where the Mets just simply appeared to be the better team against the Yankees. And that is something that I never thought we would see. I thought if the Mets were to were to sweep out a win, or even if they were to sweep it, I would have thought it would have been sort of you know luck based, where it just seemed like you know the Mets some some things broke their way because the Yankees have been so dominant this season. But both games seemed, to, at least from my vantage point, to be a clear example of the Mets being the superior team. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. It, I think coming into it. Yeah, obviously it was kind of easy to not feel the best after they had dropped two out of three to the Padres over the weekend. But uh, these two games were just awesome. And as somebody who came into the, the this one and, and a lot of the years, uh, really, uh, Subway Series, thinking, yeah, you know, we've we've had enough of these. It, it's kind of old, you know, I'm, I'm over it, that kind of stuff. Um, the first game was great. Wound up getting a ticket from a friend to the second game and, and being there last night for the Marte walk-off. 
all of a sudden it's pretty awesome again. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny how, uh, like, you saw uh, a double turn happen over the two games. It started off where a lot of Mets fans are going into the Subway Series saying, this doesn't matter, not a big deal. And then all of them sort of saying, oh, no, actually, this is uh, this is awesome. And Yankee fans having the exact opposite reaction where sometimes, you know, they're saying like, uh, um, you know, the, I, I, there was one tweet that our, our friend Vass tweeted, which was it was two tweets from the same Yankee fan. And uh, one was from the top of the first in game one. And it said, I thought the Mets were supposed to be good, LOL. And then the next one was from the top of the ninth, and it said the Subway Series doesn't matter. And so I feel like we're just seeing people like in real time have their opinions changed about this stuff. Um, yeah, which again is totally fine. It's great. Let's 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 enjoy it when the Mets are good. Um, I, I do think that the novelty of the Subway Series has more or less worn off. At least for me, it doesn't it doesn't get me excited in the same way that I think for a lot of people it does. Uh, right, but. I mean, just the bigger news here to me is that the Mets beat the best team of baseball two days in a row. And if it wasn't for Buck Showalter's strange decision to put David Peterson in in the eighth inning, I think that it could have been two more decisive victories. Yeah, and hell of a job by Seth Lugo uh, in yes. relief of him. All of a sudden, uh, <laughs> you don't want to get your hopes up and think, okay, that's the guy they have. They can lock him into a setup spot in the bullpen for the stretch in the playoffs. But it was a glimpse of what we remember him being like. Right. And, and it was very nice to see. I, I hope there are more appearances like that one. But, uh, yeah, the the whole uh, – I don't know. It My experience of the game last night uh, it felt like Mets and Yankees fans were both sort of thinking along the lines – that uh, I saw Matt Carpenter said to Pete Alonso, hey, this kind of feels like a potential World Series matchup, right? And I think the series was a reminder that the Mets are one of those teams that should be considered a contender to, to get to that point. Uh, the Dodgers and Yankees have the best run differentials in baseball, uh, and, and it's not particularly close, but the Mets are right up there at the top of that next tier in that department. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Astros are slightly better than them in that regard, but you look at the teams and it's not to discount the other teams that will make the playoffs, but you'd have to say that the Yankees, Astros, Dodgers, and Mets are probably the favorites to get to the league championship series in, in their respective leagues at this point. And right. But, <clears throat> Nothing's guaranteed. We know this as Mets fans, but I do think and hope that these couple of games, as you said at the top, where they just looked like the better team, I hope that gives Mets fans a little bit of that that confidence that I was uh, referencing last time. Yeah, we we spoke. <laughs> Let let's have some confidence first. Right, right. Before we assume Juan Soto is a Met. Um, well, not only that, but you know, this past week the Dodgers lost two of three to the Nationals, one of the, I mean, statistically the worst team in baseball. The uh, Houston has lost their last three games, and the Yankees have got swept by the Mets. So it, it's you know, 
it just shows you that the Mets do belong in that conversation, that that these other teams are not invincible. I know the Astros made the Mets look really bad when they played earlier this season, but, you know, they're not a perfect team, and this shows that you know, the, Mets, the Mets belong in the conversation. And one of the things that happened this week, too, is that the Mets opened up their lead on the Braves a little bit. They are back at three games ahead of the Braves right now. And that happens when you win three in a row. But it also just shows the Braves are maybe coming back to earth a little bit as well. And so, you know, right now, we, we you know, so much of our of our show the last couple of months has just been us like looking ahead to the schedule and just using the schedule as a... Um, as a tool for us to feel optimistic about where the Mets are. And, you know, right now it certainly looks optimistic. We got three games against the Marlins this weekend, uh, then three against the Nationals. Then you get that that brutal five-game stretch with the with the Braves, which could be, you know, a big deal. And then three against the Reds. I mean, the, the Mets have a chance over the next – and then, of course, the Phillies, Braves, Phillies, Yankees. So they're really – I mean – until we get to the the middle to the end of August, and the end of August we get the, the Dodgers again. So this isn't going to be this is a month of of big ups and downs schedule wise, but it seems to me like this is where the Mets can really make a a push to to just plant their flag and have that confidence to say we are one of the best teams in baseball. You know, come at us. I also want to add to that um, that you know we are. It seems like a couple of days away from Jacob DeGrom rejoining the Mets, and that's going to make a good team a whole lot better. And we are here ahead of the trade deadline, which means that the Mets are hopefully going to do a couple of things to to improve the team. You know, they got Daniel Vogel back since the last time we spoke, and it seems like they are in the market for a, a reliever and maybe another bat. And, uh, you know, that's... Uh, this team that is already feeling pretty good has the potential to be in an even better place in just a couple of days. Uh, is there any, is there any move that at this point, now that we've sort of seen the, uh, the, the team look good for a couple of days in a row, is there a, uh, h- how are we feeling about, you know, the deadline? Is there anything you particularly want them to go after right now? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think all, all the, the things that have been mentioned, uh, certainly bullpen help. Uh, I understand trading Colin Holderman. I don't think that's a, a trade to lose sleep over, <laughs> but he had been a useful arm out of the bullpen. Granted, uh, they have a lot of those, but also a lack of, hey, we trust this reliever in, in a huge spot. So bringing in some bullpen help, uh, the rumors that have been out there with talking to the Cubs about Wilson Contreras and uh, David Robertson are, are particularly appealing because Contreras can really hit. Uh, he can play catcher. Maybe that doesn't have to happen all the time. I know some people out there have concerns about his defense behind the plate, but uh, I say bring those guys on board <laughs> and, and, you look at Volgaback is definitely a useful, very useful hitter against uh, right-handed pitching, and can be a bat, a power bat off the bench when uh, you know when there's a lefty starter, but an opportunity presents itself later in the game. Uh, but 
there's still some opportunity to upgrade on uh, particularly Dom Smith and JD Davis's bench spots. And it sucks because they're, they're both players that we've liked and really they're players who have uh, done good things for the Mets in recent years, but they're just not doing them now. So um, whether it's Contreras as a catcher slash uh, DH and he's the guy who's bumping one of them from the roster um, or just really any, any other hitter, right? Uh, I'd, I'd be happy with, with any of that. So obviously if they'd like to trade for Juan Soto and Contreras and <laughs> whomever, sure, sign me up. Uh, but I, I, I feel like they they can have a checklist between now and uh, 6 p.m. on August 2nd that would be reasonable to complete. And they're already in a good position. It's just you look at this opportunity that they have as as real contenders um, and you don't get to make trades anymore after the trade deadline. You're you're really stuck with uh, players who are designated for assignment and let go or, or claimed on waivers, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But you can't do those post-deadline waiver trades anymore. And that's been the case for a few years now. But when you – I think it's the first time under those rules. Like, the Mets have made things exciting in uh, – in the latter part of the season, certainly in 2019 uh, and 2020, obviously there was only a latter part of the season. And then in 21, they kind of started to fade even, even as they traded for Baez. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think what I'm trying to say here is this is the first time they've approached a deadline looking this good. Uh, And uh, different outcomes against the Yankees shouldn't have changed that approach, but I really feel like that that puts an exclamation point on the trade deadline for them. That here's a reminder that they can hang in in there with any other good team, and uh, you know you should you should supplement that. And and really, this is your last chance to bring in major league players who can be uh, even just depth. In case you have an injury come up in August or September, that th- at that point you have what you have. You, you can't really do much about it. So, uh, yeah, here's hoping that they address all of those things. Any any of those needs particularly jump out to you as as like, oh, they got to do this, and I don't care if they do that. Or, I mean, to me, the bullpen is the biggest issue right now because. I mean, you, you. We were talking before the show about Lugo looking, you know, really nice uh, in the game last night, and I think that's great. And I think that you know, the idea of working David Peterson out of the bullpen is not a bad idea, but they need somebody to help with that that bridge between the starter to Diaz because Diaz has been, I mean, as good as any closer in recent memory that I can recall. He has just been, I mean unbelievable right and so love that love watching him go but if a if a starter isn't going seven innings 
or rather isn't going to be eight innings, then I know I don't feel great about where things stand right now. You know, there was there was talk of a couple different. You know, Dave Robertson has been talked about. Um, there's somebody else that, that the Mason Avenue Slack got excited about. Now I can't remember offhand who it was. Um, but you know, anybody who's a legitimate seventh eighth inning guy, I am I am totally for getting you know one or two of those players. To me, that is the team's biggest glaring hole right now and it's also the one that i think doesn't have a chance to sort itself out otherwise now i want them to do everything don't get me wrong i am not saying bullpen or bust i want them to be going after another bat i think they should be you know seriously looking at another catcher if you know with Contreras being obviously the uh the choice there but i i wouldn't be i wouldn't be mad if there was a, a different catcher that they were going after because they're not sure about you know, just the production they're getting out of catcher right now, especially with McCann still hurt. But I feel like, you know, there's a world in which they call up Francisco Alvarez, and he is both a bat and a catcher to help them. There is a a world where, um, you know, Vogelback gets really hot, and because he is a strong side platoon player, that, you know, he's he is starting most of their games for them, and all of a sudden the DH position is more set than it was, you know, two weeks ago. There is a world where DeGrom comes back, absolutely lights out, and McGill comes back in a few weeks, and he's looking good too, and all of a sudden the starting pitching is is as deep as it's been in some time. The option I don't see happening is somehow the bullpen fixes itself through internal means. I just don't see a, a realistic path forward for that, and so... Because of that, that is where I would focus most of my attention. However, that Cubs trade, I mean, that that would solve so many problems for the Mets for the rest of the season. I mean, all, all that is rental. So that's not, you know, that is not a move to build for the future. But I think right now you're just looking to to give your team the edge, you know, to bring the Mets offensively. I mean, I don't think they're ever going to get to the run differential of the Yankees or the Dodgers this season because those two teams are just having insane offensive seasons. But, you know, to just elevate their offense considerably with Contreras and and Vogelback now now in the uh, in the in the fold as well and then to have Robertson as that reliable bridge to Diaz like, to me that is just that is such an exciting possibility uh even if it turns out that uh Robertson is is kind of a shithead which has been have, have you seen all this about the World Series shares no no apparently he actively was uh like um pushing for players who only came up for a couple days and specifically also some staff like uh, coaches, not, not coaches, but, you know, you know, at, when, when teams get World Series, when World Series, there is uh, there are shares given to like clubhouse managers and stuff like that. And he was right. very vocal against that. He just wanted the players to get the shares, essentially. Uh. And so um, I had seen that a lot of uh, teams are down on him for that reason. And I agree. Fuck that guy. That's a terrible opinion. But you know what? Let everyone else in the clubhouse tell him he's a shithead after the Mets win the World Series with his help. So, you know, that's 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 just how 
that's it's how I'm viewing this uh, this particular problem right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, let's you know, let, let's let's worry about that when it becomes an actual problem, not not now. And again, if if we're having like a uh, a good person contest, Major League Baseball is not always the best place to uh, to get combatants for that contest because there's a lot of players that I think we all root for. That if we had a ten minute conversation about politics or social issues, we'd probably, you know, if we if we met if we met you know the average MLB player in a bar, we probably would not like that guy. So. I think judging a player, I mean, there are certain things, obviously, that will push, you know, me over the edge and say, you know, I'm not going to support that player. Domestic abuse being the one that sort of, you know, pops into my head most clearly because of the Mets having had a couple of domestic abusers on their team in the past. But in terms of just being kind of a shithead, I think that's sort of the, the norm for Major League Baseball players. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh... It would not be a deal breaker. It would just be something, something that we'd know about him if, if they were to right. trade for him. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply yeah, yeah, it's, it's sitting here this close to the trade deadline. Um, the Mets have not had a bad month this season. No, June was their worst month, and they even came out of that with a winning record. Yeah, yeah, and obviously you you want those months. That, like the June that the Braves had is the ideal, right? They went 22-5 and five or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just something ridiculous, but... To be this consistent, uh, and I, I think it's a combination of everything that's gotten them there. Obviously, I, the big takeaway for me is I was walking out of City Field last night was, and, and, and I, I think I tweeted it too. Was just, it, it was not long ago at all that suggesting the Mets sign Max Scherzer would be ridiculous because they never would have even considered it. And even Starling Marte feels like. Like I know the contract is similar to Granderson's and and obviously they did sign that contract with Granderson. So maybe it's not as outlandish, but for if the Wilpon era Mets had somehow found enough money to trade for Lindor and extend him, there is no way Starling Marte would be uh, added to that roster that had Lindor on it. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll even say this, if in this fictional world, somehow the Mets did sign Max Scherzer last offseason. They're not getting Canna Marte and um who was the third signing they made, right? Escobar. And Escobar. Yeah, in the in the same like breath. 
Right. There's just no way that happens. Right. No, no. And, and hey, Escobar just had a very nice series uh, being a big part of the Mets uh, reclaiming or, or claiming the lead, really, uh, in the first inning of the first game. Um, and then, of course, in the ninth inning last night. Uh, but it, it's nice to see. I know I know a lot of uh, a lot of our crew and maybe some other Mets fans are, are really down on him. But uh, you look at what he's doing. It's not like he's he's not hitting like 2022 Robinson Cano. Right. Right. Which which, by the way, any concerns I had that he still had something left in the tank and the Mets would miss out on it. Uh, I, I think at this point I can say I was wrong. Yes. But Escobar is not doing 2022 Cano. Um, he, he was hovering a little bit below league average, I think, coming into the series. He might still be there uh, in terms of his overall stats. But he's he's been a capable bat and, uh, and one who I, I think is still a very useful piece. Now, if they get... Some other big name. I mean, we didn't even touch on the Red Sox are spiraling. They've got several players who are yep. on mm-hmm. expiring contracts, some of whom are huge names. Uh, if the Mets were to swing a deal for one of them, and it, you know, and it's an infielder and it pushes Escobar into a bench role, then hey, great. I don't. I think he'd adapt well to that, and I think you could deploy him even uh, more efficiently than they have been. But if they don't, he's, I don't know, he's hes not the biggest problem. I, there's, I, I always like when, if a guy is an overall below league average hitter, but has some pop in the bat and, and can still come through with those big hits sometimes, especially big extra base hits, uh, there are worse things to have on, on a major league roster. And you're, ta- you're talking, you know, bottom third of the order here right yeah uh last thought i want to leave us with before we get to our music picks for the week is you know if if you had told me going into the 2022 season you're not going to have a degrom start till august you're going to lose scherzer for six weeks or whatever it was in the middle of the season escobar one of your big free agent signings is going to have a down year um Robinson Cano is going to be so bad that you're going to eat $40 million to release him from his deal. And the Mets are still in first place. I, I, I literally don't know how I could have like narratively <laughs> constructed that in my head. I don't know how I would have made sense of that, uh, of, of that statement, but you know, this has been more than almost any other Mets team. I can remember this is, this feels like a truly like 25 man effort every every week you feel like the entire team has contributed or most of the team has contributed to their success it just feels like the team no one is having like i mean i know lindor is having a good year i know alonzo is having a very good year but overall like this is this just feels like a well-constructed team working as a team and doing well my friend anthony who's who's a listener so hello anthony uh, he's a big yankees fan and um he texted me last night. He said, "Like last night's win essentially was a win by the free agents at the Mets signed in the offseason. And I said to him, "Like, yeah, it's amazing what a functional front office can do for your team, but this really does look like a team that was just built with the with the knowledge that yes, there's going to be 
the, the knowledge that they're going to need every person on this roster to contribute. This isn't, and I know that 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 is in baseball. That's more common. Like you know, in the NBA, you can have a, a a very successful team with one or two stars. You can't really do that in baseball. But this feels like a particularly team focused. Just a their, their wins are coming from the entire team, especially the entire offensive piece of the team, and that's just exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah, it it really is, and I, I like that your friend, uh, you know, had the sort of same takeaway that I did. I I, <laughs> I guess Escobar felt like a guy that they maybe would have signed, right? Like, yes, he might, he might have been the only guy they signed, but he, right, he, yes, he he would have been their one off season move, uh, right, for right. the year. And uh, it, even in my hypothetical scenario, Lindor never would have been here either. And I, I don't, I, regardless of what the owner was willing to spend. Uh, or what the you know the front office was willing to take on in their long term plans, I don't think Scherzer comes here um, without Lindor already being on the roster. Uh, you know, obviously the money helped make that decision too, but he may have not even considered it. Um, it just showed they were open for business and they meant it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, good time to be a Mets fan. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, like, what a what a great day, and and you know, I hate that there's an off day again today, right? Because when the team wins two games like that, you just want to see them go out and win another game tonight. You just want you just, I'm on fire for Mets baseball right now, and we got to wait till tomorrow for the game. Yeah, but yeah, totally. That's all right. Until then, though, what is your music pick for this week? So, a lot of the time, I try to throw in something fresh, something that I haven't recommended a bunch of before, but Ty Siegel's new record is just too good. <laughs> so I'm dipping back into the well there. Uh, it's called Hello High, and the the single off of it, uh, I believe, is the titular song of the record, to, to borrow a phrase from one of my favorite TV episodes of the Upright Citizens Brigade. <laughs> um, and that, yeah, it is. that, And that song... Has the full band and is like really catchy, makes great use of stereo. I love it. But the rest of the record is pretty much just acoustic. There might be some electric guitar in there too, but it's it it's very much got a solo acoustic feel to the whole thing. And <clears throat> he's got a ton of harmonies on there. Uh, you know, this is he's he's always been good at that. He's a great singer, uh, and sometimes he plays really heavy music, and I like that side of him uh, and and it's more of a scream and then sometimes he relies heavily on his acoustic guitar and, and his voice um, so I'm still getting to know this record but it's just very very pleasant uh, I was you know looking at the track list on Bandcamp this morning and, and somebody uh, in the like listener reviews said it's a perfect summer record and I couldn't agree more so um, I, I feel like I say this a lot now at this point, but if you have listened to the past recommendations and you liked the other Ty Siegel records that I recommended, then I think you're going to love this one. And if you haven't, um, you know, we've talked about certain music lining up with certain times a year on the show before. Yes. And this time of year, Mets are riding high. It's warm out. Listen to this record. And that might take you down the whole Ty Siegel rabbit hole uh, and 
if you like it, I, I think you'll like the rest too. So there you go. Very nice pick. I'm looking forward to listening to that. I have not dug into that one yet. Um, so I, I have been on a bit of a jazz kick lately. I don't know what spurred this, but I mean, I, I listen to jazz pretty consistently, but the last month or so I have been very, very jazz focused. And I came across uh, a drummer named Brian blade playing with a sax player. I really like called Joshua Redmond. And, uh, so I started just digging into Brian blades, other work. And I found, uh, his, his work as a band leader. He, he leads a band called uh, Brian blade and the fellowship band. And I, was totally unfamiliar with Blade's work, you know, pretty much at all. I, I had, I've, I'd probably heard stuff that he had played on, but I did not know it at all. And I was just poking around on YouTube for some live stuff, and I found a performance by the Fellowship Band, and it, it sort of blew me away. And so their most recent record comes out came out in 2017 called Body and Shadow, and that's what I want to recommend this day. This day, who am I today? Um, and. Uh, there's uh it, it's it's definitely jazz right you there's all of these sort of traditional jazz elements there there's a lot of you know imp- improvisation of, of of sort of solo sections but there's also a lot of really just like moody and um atmospheric parts and it doesn't feel as tradition it, it I, I think that for a lot of people like so my dad was a big jazz guy my mom hates jazz and she used to call it just like Blippity blop music, where they're she'd just be hearing somebody like like honk on a solo, and it wasn't her thing. I think I could put this on, and my mom wouldn't have that like aversion to it. So if if somebody out there is not the biggest like post bop jazz fan because of the sort of um you know the intensity of the solo work or sort of the just you know the 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 speed of sort of someone just like blowing a solo really really intensely, this doesn't really have that. This is a much moodier, a much more uh, layered sound. And it's not like it's a crazy um, lineup. I believe on this record, it is, you know, uh, bass, sax, piano, and drums. It's not, it is not this crazy, you know, different type of jazz band. They just make music that, that feels, I don't know, it just... To me, it is it is relaxing and it's beautiful and it's interesting and uh, yeah, I've listened to it a lot this week. So um, again, it is called "Body and Shadow" by Brian Blade and the Fellowship Band. So, uh, as always, I appreciate uh, the fact that we have, uh, you know, that we're recommending stuff that hopefully, if <laughs> if there is another Mets podcast that does music recs, I can't imagine them recommending Ty Siegel and brian blade this week so i'm always happy yeah. that we have we're offering something a little bit different for the people yes out there. yes i agree and one quick just the name blade uh this is not the draft and pro- po- prospect podcast that is from po- complex to queens god i messed up every word in that sentence but <laughs> uh all time amazing name of mets drafty uh this year Janzen with a z blade tidwell like that's Jan not even Blade. my favorite one. No, I know, but like uh, Blade, I just I, I couldn't help but bring up. Yeah. But what is your favorite one? I'm tr- I'm trying to get look up the last name because it is an amazing uh, uh, Zebulon Vermilion. Yes, yes. A plus. That one that is like actually good. The other one is like no, they're both excellent names. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> What's amazing is that Zebulon Vermilion was named after the explorer. Zebulon Pike. 
Mm. Like this guy, this kid just has a name, and he's he's from Missouri. I right. thought this was going to be like an international a guy from some exotic locale. No, he's in the middle of the country. <laughs> nice. Just just blows my mind. I believe he actually came up like playing in Kansas, which he had to be the only Zebulon in the Kansas system, yeah, yeah. Kansas high school baseball world. But yeah, uh, well, yeah. That, that's a nice little plug, though. Our our miners crew went above and beyond with the pod stuff for the draft week. Go back and listen to that stuff if you're interested in the draft at all. Um, I am very interested to talk with them. I'm thinking about how I, I need to speak to them about maybe doing like this year. Like right now, we should be doing a podcast about last year's draft and seeing how those guys in their first professional season. Um, and, you know, I would love to see the same conversation happen next year. But anyway. Uh, go to Amazing Avenue for that podcast, for all of our other podcasts, for, you know, f- for news and game threads and analysis. All of it's there. The trade deadline's coming up. We're going to be super busy in the next week because of the trade deadline. And it's going to be just it's going to be fun chaos. And hopefully Atlanta meets a bunch of big players. Um, go to Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. You can find this show. Please rate, review and subscribe. And, um, you know, let's just. Let's just keep the positive energy going. And so if you want to tweet something fun about the Mets, Chris is on Twitter at Chris McShane. I'm on Twitter at Brian is an app. And until next time and every time, let's go Mets. <laughs>